This is the Unnamed Financial Podcast, a crash course in financial literacy. If you feel left out of the markets, join me, Matt Gregory, and stock market expert Peter Raschuti from Tulane University as we navigate the basics of Wall Street. 12 years ago, we went to see Warren Buffett, and you know he was looking for that kind of steady eddy company that uh, pays, pays a dividend. And it's it may not be sexy to talk about, but I think over time, it's the best way to build a portfolio. On this week's episode, what are dividends? And for the second week in a row, value stocks are up, tech stocks are down. What gives? All right, let's get into it. Uh, another week, another look at the markets. And joining us as always, I hope that this uh, Zoom meeting is working right now. Peter Raschuti down in uh, New Orleans. Peter, how have you been? Been good. Been a good week here. We had a big storm roll through here last night and cleared everything out. And it's... Uh... Absolutely beautiful. It's still raining here. We're looking for it to clear up. Um, and in many ways, I sort of think that this is a metaphor. I think all weather is a metaphor somehow for the markets. I was watching <laughs> it this week, seeing the same issues we talked about last week. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to talk and uh, kind of touch down on something that I've been curious about. And some people who I, I'm friends with have been asking me to find out about this from you. Uh, what are dividends? You know, uh, Matt, dividends are when a company pays to shareholders part of their profits. And um, that is determined by the board of directors of a company. And the board of directors is usually made up of about half of people that work for the company and the other half independent outside folks. And they look at the company, they know it inside and out, what the cash needs are. And they determine whether there's gonna be a dividend, whether it's gonna be raised, lowered or omitted and the idea is that you're giving part of your profits back to the shareholders. Uh, now, some companies pay a dividend and some don't pay a dividend. I'll give you an example of, of three companies that I was just uh, just working on over here. Um, let's take a fast growth company like Facebook. Well, Facebook has is, is got, you know, they're, they're aiming at world domination is probably you know, something <laughs> rather large. And uh, when they are in profit, they don't give any of it back to the shareholder because they're thinking, you know, if you let me keep it and reinvest it back in the company and we go into different areas and such, um, our company will grow, our profits will grow and the stock price will go up. So they're saying, Lee, give me, let me keep the money. I'll do better things with it than you. You're gonna you know, take the dividend and go out to lunch or something with it, There's something mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> then, so that pay, that's a company that pays no dividend. Uh, take a company that's kind of in the middle here. Um, Nucor is a steel company. And the steel industry is kind of what you think. They uh, they've got capital needs. They uh, they've got a you know maybe a new plant here and there, but um, not enormous needs. And so what they do is they pay a dividend. They pay about twenty percent of their earnings back to shareholders, and they keep the other eighty percent, which kind of kind of makes sense. Um, and then you take a company like a utility. A utility stock is a company where the company pays a lot of its profits back to shareholders because it doesn't have that many capital needs. I mean, they've already strung up the poles and the wires and all that back, back in 1890. So they're, they're, they're okay. So you take a company like uh, Entergy, which is the utility down here, um, they pay about 65% of their earnings back to shareholders. So you can see, you can just look at the dividends and know uh, what kind of company it is. And uh, most of the time, Matt, they're all cash dividends, but occasionally a company will pay a stock dividend where they'll, you know, they'll give you back, uh, they'll give you a few more shares. So that's what we see in here. And, and Matt, the real important part of this is when you buy a stock and you're trying to get the total rate of return, 
best total rate of return you can get. It has two components. The first is the dividend yield. Did you, what did you get for a dividend last year? And then it, the other, rest of it is capital gains. The idea that you wanted to buy that stock at a low price and sell it at a high price. Well, if you buy a, a growth stock or like a, you know, one of these uh, big growth companies, um, all your return is gonna have to come in the form of capital gains. You're gonna get nothing in the dividend. And, um, and so this, this is what we see, you know, we see it uh, over and over again. And uh, um, I think, you know, one of the funny things, uh, Matt, you've probably seen these graphs and they talk about if you would put, you know, $10 in the market in 1910, you know, you'd be worth, well, one of the things, and of course the graph goes straight up and you just wish you were born in 1910, but, um, <laughs> you know, but um, one of the assumptions in that graph is that you're reinvesting the dividends back in. So you're taking the cash and you're using it to buy new shares. That's the mm -hmm. assumption in there. So, uh, which isn't a bad assumption because, uh, um, you know, you can't not factor in that you got dividends as part of your return. And then how much of like when a dividend, when you were talking about paying out for dividends, and I've had people tell me in the past, hey, you should look at companies that have dividends. It's a way for you to make money while investing. Um, but is it ever a significant amount? Of money for people? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're in a company like, uh, like we mentioned, Energy, that utility company, you clearly are going to get. Um, you're in. It's a good example. You're making about three and a half percent a year in just the dividends. Mm -hmm. So a company like that that pays a that pays a lot. There's people that buy companies just for the dividends. Uh, and it's a different kind of person, Matt. It's like um, uh, if you're retired, you know, you're not looking for a lot of capital gains. You're looking for income. And if you can buy stocks that pay a dividend, um, that's going to help, you know, offset costs for you and things like that. I, they once asked uh, J.P. Morgan, um, you know, what uh, what he liked to do, and he said he li liked to watch his dividends coming in. And I, I think that would, uh, <laughs> which is an excellent sport. And uh, I can <laughs> good if you can get it. <laughs> yes. Right. So on the stock, like, so you see your stock, it's got the graph that everyone like pays attention to because we're visual people. Numbers are hard, but visually see that down below that you see, I think it's um, P slash E price per earnings. And then you see dividends and dividends are measured in percentages. So I guess my question is um, when you see like 3%, let's say the stock is worth $70 a share, has a 3% dividend. What does that mean you're getting in terms of money? Well, let's say um, for instance, uh, if we look at that, if you were to buy stock in uh Entergy, uh, let's see, and that's a company that sells for about $100 a share and it's yielding 3.5%. Well, you're, um, you're getting about $3.5 a share each year. Mm -hmm. And those dividends, by the way, they come every quarter. So they're going to come quarterly. And um, companies generally, if they're going to pay a dividend, they want it to grow slowly because that's what looks best of all. It, as a shareholder, um, you can expect maybe that to go up every year. Now, that's one big advantage. Let's say you're a retired person. If you buy a bond, you're going to get the same amount every six months. You're just going to, that's what it is. But, and that's pretty good. But the thing about a stock, the dividend you get, is that hopefully it helps uh, help you beat inflation. And that's, that's, the, uh, that's the real big uh, difference in there. And um, the other thing is that, um, when you look at uh, people that invest dividend, I would say this, those three examples we had, just for terminology, Facebook is a growth stock, uh, mm -hmm. pays no dividend. Nucor pays a couple of percent. That would be considered kind of a value stock. And Entergy, the utility, would be considered an income stock. So it attracts three different kinds of people. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of 
that's really the way it uh, way it goes. And of course, Matt, we talk about this each week. Is of course, of course, there are mutual funds that are dividend oriented. Yes. And they yeah just invest in stocks that pay dividends. And um, you know, one of the big you know, it's so funny. We think of a lot of people think they can outsmart the market, and um, you can't. Or I'm a real idiot because for 42 years I really haven't been able to uh, outsmart this market. And um, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, you know, on Wednesday. Um, is the last day where you could buy, uh, own the company, last day you could own the company where you would receive that next dividend. And they'll say, wow, you better buy before Wednesday. And of course, that doesn't make any sense at all because let's say it's a 50 cent dividend. Once that dividend, the next day, once you're not eligible to get the dividend, guess what? The stock drops 50 cents. And that's just the way it works. It's, these people, you know, they've got three screens and they're working. It's just built in there. It's in there, you know, like the ragu spaghetti sauce. It's in there. <laughs> as a, as a, you as an Italian-American, me is only a quarter. Do we even really consider ragu to be actual sauce? <laughs> Never. I was telling kids, you know, that we're, um, we're not Italian. We're like Olive Garden Italians. You know, yeah. we're uh, kind of next to Build-A-Bear. You know, we're just... <laughs> I've always said we're kind of like Fazoli's Italians, which is the fast food Italian restaurant, because me and my siblings are only a quarter, but it's the most of what we are of anything, so we must cling to it and defend it to the death, apparently. Um, when it comes to the dividends, you said it pays out um, quarterly, was it? Yep. And then, but it, wh where does that money go? Because I have a stock or two that are dividends, and I don't know if I've ever seen the money or if it just goes to whatever my account is and drops in there. Usually what it'll do is it'll drop into, if you have an account with some mutual funds and some stocks in it, usually you've got a little bit of a money market fund at the bottom. And that money, all the dividends all just get dropped into that. And they call it a sweep account because at the end of every day, and I like the picture of a little janitor with a broom, it just takes all that loose cash and puts it in the money market fund. And that was sort of like the original Wall Street floor guy sweeping up like the tickets for the day. So that's why they probably put it there years ago. That's still my visual. You know, and I was in the business for many years and, uh, and out of Boston. And my, uh, my mother would say, because we weren't in a real stock pit, she'd go, oh, I, I saw it. It looked very, uh, you were very busy today. And of course, it's, what she's seeing is the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. It's like, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in the top floor of a building in Boston. I live with you. Yeah, it might be there. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a busy day on the markets. Yeah, it sure did look that way, Mom. They don't crush my son. So with dividends, um, are, I guess the part that probably isn't that, I know the term we keep using is sexy. You know, you, you want to get the growth stock because it looks good. It sounds good. I've invested in Facebook. It went up 200%. I made some money. But, you know, how important are dividends to building your portfolio? Because we've talked about mutual funds and we've talked about stocks and bonds, but within that portfolio, as you're diversifying, how important is it to have a dividend stock or several of them or a mutual fund that pays dividends? You know, it's very important. In fact, you know, we're going to talk about this at the end of the interview, but in a market like this, where the growth stocks are getting knocked around pretty badly. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, the value stocks that pay a dividend are just humming along. And, um, and, and so it's, it, it does, it helps diversify the portfolio. Generally speaking, people will tell you that the younger you are, maybe you had a, should have a, that percent that you have in stocks, maybe more of it should be in growth stocks because you don't need the dividends at that point and, uh, and such. But there's a definite reason why you diversify the portfolio. Um, when you open your stock ac account during the day, you want, even as bad it is, as it is, you would like to have something up 
you know, even though you're losing money, it's like, in fact, I, in my portfolio, one of, the, one of the stocks I own that's like a super steady Eddie stock is uh, Smuckers. You know, mm -hmm. I love the jam and everything like that. And when, when the market's getting hammered, Smuckers is always up because, you know, all this money goes, uh, I don't know if we're going to hell in a handbasket, but people are still being jam, I'll tell you that. And um, <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's my one saving grace on a bad day. I don't know how much of the history we, because I, I, I'm just curious. You say J.P. Morgan like to, to look at his dividends. It seems like perhaps that was a thing you talked to people talked about in the past. Was I have stocks and they make money for me? Because in order to make money on a stock, normally you have to sell it. So, uh, you know, was this just a staple of the market in the past that just became not as attractive over time? Yeah, I think we changed the kind of companies we have. I mean, uh, what's going on in Silicon Valley and such is is so exciting, and they really. Um, that's where the attention has all gone to. Now, I personally believe the, the opportunities are back in the smaller companies, companies that can pay a dividend. I'm, we're always looking with our students, we're always looking for companies with a good balance sheet. We'd like to see management own a lot of the stock. We'd like to see them that business have kind of a moat around it where it's just tough to compete with them. And finally, and this is always a funny line, is uh, I want them to have good profit margins, but not great profit margins, because if they're great, everybody shows up and competes against you. And, um, and a lot of times the great companies that we look at, um, first of all, they're incredibly non-sexy. That's the thing. I mean, if you tell people at a party what you're buying, you're alone. You know, mm -hmm. there's like just, I have to freshen my drink. I'll be right back. And they never come back. And uh, so it's, <laughs> so whenever I assign the company, it's called Birkenrode Reports. And I have 200 students, break them up into teams of five and they go out and they, um, they write an investment research report on a, um, a small company I've assigned them to in the, in the South. And, um, um, and they visit with management and they visit the company sites and all that. It's pretty, pretty amazing. We're named the number one experiential learning program in the world, where if you go to birkenrow.org, you can see the students' uh, mm -hmm. um, reports there. But I just laugh because some companies seem so boring. I had one guy, he, uh, he was my son's roommate. And I assigned him to a company called Crown Crafts, which makes baby bibs. And of course, these guys, they all want some tech thing. And, it's like, and I remember he said to me, you know, I thought by living with his son, I would like get a good one. I, I didn't get, I didn't work at all. And um, <laughs> But they get in there. That's the thing about these non-sexy companies. You get in there and realize, wow, this is fascinating. And they really, uh, and they own a bunch of stock and they're working 24 hours a day to get that stock price up. Um, one of the things that happens that we see, and you talk about these smaller companies with dividends and all that, they will meet the CEO, the students will meet the CEO. And of course, sometimes these, it's Friday, sometimes they're just in like a t-shirt and jeans and, uh, and they'll go back in the car with me. And then they'll look up that this guy has, you know, 200,000 shares and, and they'll be in the car and they'll go, so, Professor Shuti, is it possible the man we just met has $30 million? I said, yes. And he said, why was he dressed that way? I said, because he can. That's, <laughs> that's, what he that's the part you're not getting. So, uh, <laughs> Putting a, a, a button on dividends, looking at their place in the market, it seems like it's the original way of making your money work for you, so to speak. Um, is there anything else we're missing about dividends? Yeah, the one thing Matt I didn't mention is that people look at a dividend two different ways. Uh, some people say, all right, pays a dividend, that's great. I could use the cash flow and the, all that. And then other people see when a company pays a dividend, uh, there's kind of two ways it can be interpreted. One is, that's great, I'll be getting a check every three months and I could use it. 
And the other is when it, they're saying, well, geez, now the company doesn't need all the money and they're going to give some of it back to me. And maybe that's a sign they're running out of opportunities. They don't see a lot of new ventures to go into and such. And so if you were a growth investor and wanted that more sexy stock, a company with brighter horizons like that, you would switch out of the company that paid a dividend and go into the, um, uh, the growth stock. Now, the things we talk about here and the things my students talk about in class, the stocks they want never pay a dividend and they never will pay a dividend. In fact, most of them don't even earn any money. So to give a dividend from, so it's, <laughs> so, but, you know, we've shown over and over is that, um, you know, that I don't think that's the way to make money. I mean, we went uh, about 12 years ago, we went to see Warren Buffett and, you know, he was looking for that kind of steady eddy company that uh, pays, pays a dividend. And it's, it's may not be sexy to talk about, but I think over time, it's the best way to build a portfolio. It's something that we don't often, I didn't hear about. Um, and I don't think many people do. I always hesitate to say we, because I'm sure there's somebody out there who's actually heard of it all and been through it. But I, dividends are something you don't often hear about when you're talking about stocks as a young person. I just meet, it's just, it's not sexy like you said. It's not hip and nobody feels like they're original to say, I'm just doing what my grandfather did. Yeah. <laughs> and you think, you know, my grandfather has a big home. I wonder where he got that. Well, he invested in company with dividends. <laughs> and I live in a trailer just outside of town. And maybe I was. <laughs> I was thinking now, maybe do a nice little pivot to um, what happened this week because I was just kind of going through it and I saw more and more about what we saw last week. There, you see. Uh, the NASDAQ, the S&P now go down. Um, I don't think it finished too high today, but by the time this thing airs, who knows where it'll be. But it looked like those two were headed down and the Dow was continuing to have strong gains up to like 33,000 points. What is happening or what are you seeing in the markets? Well, the big thing again is interest rates, even though Jerome Powell is doing all he can to say the nicest, kindest things when he goes to Congress that usually end in, and I promise not to raise rates. That's usually... <laughs> They don't even read the other six paragraphs. He says, beautiful, writes poetry, but that's all they really care about So I won't raise rates. Um, what's happening is uh, since we started doing this show, uh, interest rates, the 10-year treasury, that's what everybody looks at. When we started, the 10-year treasury yielded, uh, let's say just before the beginning of the year, 0.90%, less than 1%. And today, the 10-year treasury yields 1.75%. And you think, well, it's, it's, what is that? That's not, but on a percentage basis, it's almost doubled where it was then. And that hurts a certain kind of st stock. It hurts growth stocks because the reason it hurts growth stocks is let's say you have a company that we mentioned uh, that pays a dividend. Well, you're going to make dividends, dividends, dividends. And then when you sell the stock, you're going to be able to uh, have a capital gain, hopefully. Well, those, the further that payoff goes, the idea that I'm buying a stock now and I think 10 years from now, it's going to take over the free world. Well, we begin to discount that. The amount, you, the further out you get, you have to get your payoff, uh, the less it's worth because of today's interest rates, because you can put the money somewhere else. So that's what's happening. And that's why you're seeing this huge shift. And of course, the S&P, you mentioned it perfectly, because the, the NASDAQ is basically all tech companies. The S&P is a diversified portfolio of 500 stocks unless you really know how it's put together. And that's, there's six or seven stocks that totally run the whole joint. The other 
493 don't even have to show up. So that's, that's become a function of uh, tech stocks. And, and that's kind of what's, uh, what's happened. If you want to know the most interesting thing that people aren't talking about is that, that after the election, the day after the election, and I don't know if that's what it's tied to or what it is, but we've had this major, major shift for the la- up until the election for the last four years, the only thing to own was big tech growth stocks. And if you weren't, you know, I don't know. I mean, you're just obviously not in the game. Mm-hmm. And then after the election, it has changed so much. And what's happened is the general market's done pretty well. The S&P is up 20% since the election. But small cap companies, as measured by the Russell 2000, these are the smaller companies, they are up 45%, more than hmm. double. And these companies are the ones that did nothing for the last four years. I know that incredibly well because that's the companies we follow. And nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody cared. And then Russell 2000, what it is, is, um, okay, we talked about companies' size as being its market capitalization, the number of shares times the, um, times the uh, stock price. That's the way they determine size. Well, here's the Russell. The Russell takes the largest 3,000 companies in the company. That's a lot of companies. And they lop off the first 1,000 biggest. And so the Russell 2000 is the next 2,000, which is in size, number is 1,001 through number 3,000. So it's not looking at these big companies at all. Now, one, one, pe- one of the things people say is they say, well, um, is it because of the change in the election? Uh, I really think it is somewhat. I mean, one thing uh, Biden said was that he, you know, he wanted to do more for the little guy, the little companies and all. And I think Wall Street's seeing it. Uh, this is where, if you take a look at the stimulus, for instance, you know, it's going to the middle class mm-hmm. and, um, and, and small businesses. So, uh, and, you know, what we know is that small businesses uh, is where, really where the job creators are. And yeah, I think it's so it makes- six, 60% of jobs in America are, um, are, are employed by small businesses. If I'm not, I, I might be mistaken somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense, but, you know, really not to get too macro here, but for the last 40 years, let's say since Reagan, we have been operating under um, supply side economics, which was basically, you know, make sure the rich are okay. And then they'll trickle down something to you. And, you know, which is really weird terminology anyway, but it's, yeah. Um, yeah. But now you got a different group that believes that really the key to the economy is that um, middle-class consumer and that middle and that, and that small business. And Wall Street has said, you know, we got to make a shift here. I'm not going to own the stocks I used to own, but there's probably great opportunity in the kind of companies that would benefit from that change in policy. So, um, you know, you've got to be nimble. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting you bring up trickle-down because where I come from, what you refer to as trickle-down is runoff in the fields. <laughs> That's never good. No, it's <laughs> But you're right. It's been an interesting experiment in capitalism, I think, for 40 years, like you said. And um, it, I guess if you really needed a, um, a personification almost of the fundamental change that's taking place as a result of this stimulus, it's right there in the markets week to week, looks like. It really is. The, and if you look at that, uh, to wrap up, Matt, the, you look at the over 40 years, stocks as an index have done very, very well. And the cost of it is that we've had more and more and more income inequality or wealth inequality or economic opportunity inequality. So that was the cost of having these big companies do very well. 
now we just got a shift, really big shift. And uh, we'll have to see, we'll have to see what it means for the economy, but we'll also have to see what it means for the stock market. It certainly looks as if it's gonna be different kinds of stocks to own than it was, was before the, this new administration. I think that's a pretty good wrap up of the weekend of dividends. I was thinking though, as we've been talking about this, why have we not done this yet? I think next week we should do what are interest rates? Ah, oh, I'm gonna start working on that right now. It's That's all we've been talking about. And yet we everyone I know sits around and says, oh, it's the interest rates. But if you actually think about it and sit down and talk about what interest rates are, it's a lot more complex than just saying, you know, oh, the IR is up. It's very difficult to me, I think. Well, that'll be a good topic for us. Sounds good. Thank you again for your time, Peter. And thank you all at home for listening.